With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving my head? Yeah. I'm laying it off? Well, that too. I'm pronating? When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans? Welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and joining me for this two-man scramble, someone that I've actually been following for a long time on social media. He is a golf coach. He is one of the top 50 coaches based on Golf Monthly. Unbelievable content that you can get for free just on Instagram by following him, and that is Adam Harnett. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me. What an entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm... I'm someone that, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a very mediocre golfer. I'm a single digit handicap, but at the same time, I don't have a lot of time to become like a low digit handicap, single digit handicap. So I'm like between a seven and a nine. I am just always been fascinated with being able to fix the golf swing. Maybe not uh-huh. just myself, but just maybe like my children who are just coming up and learning the game of golf. And so the way that you portray how you should swing the club, maybe some things that you're working on with your clients is fantastic. It is simple. It's basic. And so for that, I thank you. And for everyone else out there, I know that follows you. They probably thank you as well. So um, I want to ask you first about family, because Mm -hmm. that's one of the first things I noticed about you is that you do have a family, you've married children or child. How many kids do you have? Yes, two children. Yep. Two children. Yeah. So as a father of five, I have five kids. My oldest is 15. My youngest is five years old and they all love golf. I have to ask you, how do you find that balance between family and golf? Um. I'm really lucky. When I first set up my um, coaching business, for me, it was all about making it work around my family, right? So when I coach, I don't give a golf lesson before 10 a.m. and I make sure I'm home by 6 p.m. So I do the school run. Um, You know, I I get my boy up in the morning, do the school run, head off to coach, come home, and then I'm here for the evening for dinner. Um, So that was one of my priorities because – 
you know, I speak to so many people and if there's one regret most of them have, it's that they worked through their whole career and they missed their kids growing up and that's just time you can't get back. So for me, that's just been the priority and, 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 and setting up my coaching business, um, that came first and then everything else fits in and around it. So that's yeah. really kind of, it's not too difficult for me to do because that is just my core value. Um, I could work, you know, I, I could coach from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day and be fully booked. Um, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I had a family so that I can, yeah. you know, raise a family and be a family. My, my wife does a, an incredible job. Um, and, and yeah, we've got um, two wonderful kids and yeah, life's great at the moment. What about you golfing yourself? When do you find time to hit the links? That's a good question. So before COVID, um, I would play maybe once a week in the lead up to some local events, right? So I'd play some local um, local PGA events. And I suppose for me, that was all about just the enjoyment of playing and competing. But I'm a coach at heart, right? So I'm not trying right. to play, play for a living. Um, then COVID kicked in and every man and his dog decided they wanted to take up golf. I don't know if it was the same <laughs> out in the States, but one of no the way. first things we one of the first things we were allowed to do when the we came out of these lockdowns was go and play golf. So you couldn't do anything else. You could go and play golf. So everybody wanted to learn golf. So since then, me actually playing golf myself, it's been a struggle to get out and play. Um, you know, I I I like I say, I coach well, I coach five days a week. So the two days I have off, I have a Sunday off, which is family day, um, and I have a Thursday off, which is normally a day where I get to do other things that need doing, right? So yeah. actually playing golf's tough. Um, I fully understand that at this stage of my life, it's the kind of, it's the grafting stage. So I'm building my career and I fully accept that maybe I'm not going to be able to play as much golf as, as I'd like to. But the plan is when I quieten down in a few years to, to come, um, I'll have plenty of time to play golf. So although I miss it, it's not, uh, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal because I love what I do. It's fascinating because I think sometimes people might see you on Instagram or, or other platforms and think, um, how awesome is that? That he probably just gets to golf every day. Like he can probably just go out and play. You don't play. <laughs> People who coach, oh, I'd love to do what you do and just play golf all day. Well, pff, I haven't played golf this year. Um, I know we're only yeah. at the end of January, but I mean, um, I hit some balls in between lessons every now and then on my lunch break. Um, my last 18 holes of golf was probably ooh, September, you know. Wow. Um, I have had I have had certain games booked in, but we've had to cancel them because of the weather has been pretty rough over the winter here in the UK. So, um, yeah, but again, it, it, it's fine. Um, it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Absolutely understand. You brought up, uh, like I said, in your, in your bio on Instagram, you talk about fitness and mm -hmm. that the golf community as a whole is probably one of the, I guess, I don't want to say underutilized, but they definitely don't value fitness as much as say other realms. And right. what's funny to me is that even when you get into like tennis and pickleball, other sports where people can play for a long period of time, there's more of a connotation on fitness than there is in golf. Uh, right. Most golfers are weekend warriors. They want to go out and have a few drinks with their buddies, and they don't really care about 
their flexibility. But in your personal experience, both as a golfer and as a coach, how important is fitness in golf? I know it's huge for me. I'm a former personal trainer. It's absolutely vital. But yeah. hearing it from someone else, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I, I see – I don't know how many golf lessons I give a year, but I give a, a lot. Um, and through my career, I've seen so many different golfers of different um, fitness levels, different shapes and sizes. Um, for me, I would say the most important part of, of, of fitness for golf is the golfer's – almost the golfer's background. It's almost before they've picked a club up, right? So what are their functional movements like? Um, we go back to, to being able to just throw a ball correctly. You know, I, I gave a lesson a little while ago and I was trying to get a lady to do something in her swing and I just got her to throw me a ball. And the way she threw me a ball, ball I just thought, she can't throw me a ball correctly. She can't <laughs> swing this club, right? So yeah. um, in terms of fitness, I think it's more for me, more along the lines of athletic um, literacy, um, how you how you can move, how freely you can move. Of course, some of us are going to be more mobile than others. You're right, golfers golfers don't take it seriously enough. Um, I think most of them only just have time to play golf, let alone spend time working out for their golf and then spend time hitting balls on the range. I also think that most golfers, you know, that they, they like to see instant results, right? So warming up before a round of golf or, or, or stretching or whatever it might be, even just basically things like that, because there isn't that instant outcome. I think that's why it's not so attractive versus getting on the range and keep hitting until we see a different outcome. And that's, it's much more attractive, right? So I think that's probably why, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why golfers don't pursue a fitness regime. Um, on how important it is for me as a coach, Again, I think if I'm working with an athlete who has a background in other sports, um, there's two benefits to that. Number one is they have the right concepts in terms of movement. And number two, they have the physical ability to move it in the way. So um, it, it's a shame. I, I studied TPI, so Types Performance Institute. Um, I did a few of their courses maybe wow uh, we're probably talking 15 years ago i suppose 10 to 15 years ago and uh it's really eye-opening when you see some of the stuff that these guys do working with the tour players and how important it is for those guys and i think if more golfers were to take the time out to just have a basic routine even just before they hit golf balls they'd really notice the difference yeah it's it's really strange and fitness in and of itself, you bring up athleticism because mm. people don't view golf as an athletic endeavor. It is obviously it's a sport. I mean, it's people play at the highest level, but they never view it as the, a parallel to a sport like football or soccer, whatever you want to call it. Sure. I think it's probably based on the John Daly's, the Craig Stadler's of our time that were heftier guys that showed up. Yeah. They look well, John Daly in particular looks like he could yeah. go pound a case of beer and then go out and shoot a, a 65 in, in the next day. And so that does kind of paint a very negative perception. But I would say, and maybe you agree or disagree, these, this young generation of golfer that's coming up, whether you're talking about even the Jordan Spieth, the Justin Thomas is on tour, they do take fitness very seriously. And I don't think that's something that the, again, the average golfer on the weekend even notices, nor do they care about. But I think it is worth noting for the young person out there that might be interested in golfing is that 
things like flexibility, your overall ability to move in a way that's both powerful yet consistent. Yeah. It's practice. It's practice. It's not, it's not just hitting golf balls. So, um, yeah, I, I think I like where you're headed with fitness and I hope, hopefully people do understand that it is an athletic endeavor because it really, really is. It does take athletic movements and it's difficult, really, really difficult. Sure. And one of the, t- one of the um, things that stands out for me from my, my TPI training was, you know, building the athlete first and the golfer second, right? So this athletic literacy that, that we need functional movements before we look at sport specific movements, right? Like I was saying about throwing a ball. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. And, and with my son, you know, my, my son, Grayson, he loves to go up to the range and the course and hit balls. And one of the things I'm really keen for him to do is just, just hit it, right? Just, just hit it. Just, he can try and hit it as hard as he likes. He's just got to kind of discover he's still kind of learning his physical um, movements being only five years old. So I think one of the key things I would say for junior golf when it comes to um, becoming a good golfer is to to not specialize in golf and to, to play all sports, to get out there and play everything. Because, you know, my background is gymnastics. So I was a gymnast um, from the moment I could I could walk, really. I was put into gymnastics class. And I quit in my early teens and I, I pre- reached, reached a pretty high level. And, and that grounding um, helped me with my movement, with my balance, with my speed, with my power. You know, gymnasts are the complete athletes, aren't they? Um, and I think that's what helped me be a good football player, be a good, um, I kickboxed for a while, um, you know, obviously golf as well. So um, I think without that background, from an athletic standpoint, it's very hard to, to excel. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some golf specific questions here. Uh, my first question is for the most, for the most average golfer, we're talking probably 15 to 25 handicap. If you, in your experience as a coach, what do you think is the most common mistake that they make that if you were to just say, Hey, here's one tip, doesn't have to be a swing tip. Here's a tip that's going to help you without even ever working with you whatsoever, what would you think that common mistake would be and what is the fix? Um, I would say the most common, I would say understanding the concepts of what makes the ball fly. Mm. Because most golfers, when they stand over a golf ball, don't have the concept of how the ball flies or how the ball should fly, right? It, 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 it is physics. It's one of the things that doesn't change no matter who you are, when the club's when the club's delivered to the ball, it will fly in the way that it's told to fly by the club, right? Yeah. Um, and so many golfers, their technique is a product of how they very first um, instinctively tried to get this ball in the air and forwards, right? So there's one thing that we, we are trying to do as a golfer. We're trying to return the club to the ball and hit it cleanly. Um, hit it in the air and, and hit it forwards. Um, the most golfers don't have the correct concept. So when I'm coaching someone and I see them hitting their shots, um, the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, what are they, what in their mind, what are they trying to do? So many golfers are trying to lift the ball in the air, trying to scoop the ball in the air um, to the point we see them, you know, go onto their back foot. So really clear concepts is key. That would be my most important thing. And how would you actually fix that? I mean, that's really hard because um, there's so much media stuff out there. There's so many, you know, we can we can just go on YouTube and, and look at these um, different videos and we can look on Instagram and 
read books. So I would say, how do they fix these concepts is get a good coach. <laughs> get a good coach. Um, if you're out there at the moment and you don't have a coach, um, get a good coach and ask questions. I think that's really important for the for student to do. Yeah, but yeah. for me, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the concepts. That's one of the things I do with every single student. I make sure that their concepts align with mine because if I ask them to do something that their concepts are different, then right. it's going to be really hard for them to physically do um, what I'm asking them to do. It's, it's a really unique concept of how the ball flies and why it does what it does. Because when I, I taught for 16 years in the school system and mm -hmm. I was a physical education teacher and I would teach, I was the only one that would teach golf. Teachers didn't know enough about it. They yeah. were too nervous about the golfer, the golf clubs and maybe hitting a kid or something like that. But it's one of those things where you look at it and it's, you're just trying to explain to the, the student middle school age kid. So we're talking anywhere from 10 to 14 years old. Well, the ball went that way because the way that you struck the ball from this angle, put that spin on it, which caused it to go. And I would say eight out of 10 times, the light bulb would go off in the kid's head. I'm like, oh, that's why it's doing that. So if I do this instead of this, that won't happen. And they saw it even just hitting golf, hitting wiffle balls in a gym off a mat. And uh, that's a really good. I never would have guessed. You know, I was expecting your answer to be something like, oh, uh, well, too many amateurs, they uh, they never take enough club. So always mm -hmm. club up and you'll be fine. But that's a really good answer. I'm glad you went down that rabbit hole. But I want to follow up with something yeah. you said about YouTube and the online community. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the online community, the information that's out there? Is there such a thing, in your opinion, as paralysis by analysis with all the stuff that's out there, whether you're talking about Golf Digest, Instagram, YouTube, everything? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think with YouTube, it's a great tool. I mean, I, I built my house, the inside of my house, pretty much by watching YouTube, right? So I'm not going to say a bad thing about YouTube, <laughs> okay? Um, it's been great for my DIY adventures, and it can be great for golf as well. Absolutely can be great for golf. The hardest thing is the user, right? So it's the person watching the video and how they interpret the information, um, that that's number one. And number two, the only other thing that I'd be, I'm a little bit wary of is um, when the information is given by coaches on YouTube, it can be too generic, right? So, so my philosophy is very much, we're going to take your golf swing and, and improve it. Or I should say that another way, we're improving your ball flight, right? So everything is ball flight driven. So we're taking you from slicing to hitting straight shots. And I don't care what it looks like. We're going to improve your golf swing. Okay. So when it, on that basis, you can't do that if you're looking at a video that says, here's the perfect backswing. Well, who's it the perfect backswing for? Is it the perfect backswing for someone that slices or someone that hooks? Because they're opposites. Um, so, you know, one of my real key mentors, Jim Hardy and Chris O'Connell from Plain Truth Golf, one of the things that, that they really hold at their core is everything is ball flight driven. So we're not, you know, like one of my recent um, Instagram posts about my student who takes the club away on the inside, okay? We, were managed, we managed to get him hitting it way better without changing that inside takeaway because for him, that wasn't 
the particular problem at that point in time. Sure, maybe down the line that might cause issues, but right now for him to hit the ball better straight away, that wasn't the problem. So I think in terms of, of YouTube, one bit of advice I'd say is make sure you understand your swing before you take any other any any advice. Because if you're just you know pulling information out, it absolutely is paralysis by analysis. Yeah. It's almost like swing your swing, which is I love that slogan, which has really caught steam in the last two or three years. Swing your swing, but understand your swing so that if you want to fine tune it, you absolutely can. Because yeah, yeah. you can go out and shoot a 120. And you say, I'm going to swing my swing, but that's clearly not working. So you need to yeah. tweak it a little bit. <laughs> that's right. And, and believe me, you know, you can play much better golf without your swing looking, looking perfect, right? So, and this is the big thing. If you want to go from shooting 120 to 100, your swing still doesn't have to look very good for you to do that, right? True. Um, but there obviously is a major flaw in there, probably concept driven that you don't understand that needs to be addressed first. Um, and that's my kind of philosophy. Love it. How much of the analytics do you subscribe to as a coach? I mean, I, I've never been like fitted for clubs. My brother did, and he's talking to me about these numbers. You've got exit velocity, trajectory, smash factor. Mm -hmm. I, and I looked at him and said, does all this stuff even matter? He goes, I don't know. He said, I, I don't really think it does. He goes, if anything, I said, do you think it helped? He said, well, no, I don't because he felt like he was chasing the number when he was like yeah. hitting golf balls. Like, Oh, well the pros, they have a club head speed of whatever. And you're at this. And so now he's trying to do that and increase his club head speed. How much I, we all use them in some context, but how much do you use the analytics in your coaching or do you just dismiss some of them? Now I, when I, um, maybe five years ago, I bought a flight scope, right? So I've got this launch monitor and it's got every number on it you need. Okay. I think there's like 28 parameters. I would say I've used that launch monitor to help me coach zero times, right? <laughs> I use it for custom fitting, um, for the small amount I've done. I used, I used it for when it's dark outside and we didn't have lights on the range so people could see their ball flight. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of helping me coach, um, I don't believe a good coach needs a launch monitor. Your ears and your eyes are enough. Um, you can become a human track man if you learn the sound of a ball struck from the toe and the sound of a ball struck from the heel or low on the face. Um, and you can identify the difference between a pull and a hook. Um, so I don't believe there is um, a real need as much as we might think. I think there's some massive marketing that goes into these. And of course, all the top pros have got them. Maybe if you're looking in the top, top professional game, when you look at a track man, it can be really helpful for those guys when they're traveling through different parts of the world because they're at different altitudes and they're working on their yardages and all that kind of stuff. Great. But from a coach's perspective, um, I think that's another area of too much information. And the golfer really doesn't know what they're looking at. You know, yeah. they look at these numbers and they don't really know what they're looking at. They're overwhelmed by all the numbers. Um, I think if I was ever to use a, 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 some sort of launch monitor to teach, it would be for maybe just to show that I, you know, the, the customer sometimes likes to see it. So I might have it on for them to see. 
because it's just one of those things that maybe is expected in this day and age of a good coach yeah. to have a launch monitor, right? Um, but other than that, I really, you know, I'm, 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 I guess I'm pretty old school in my teaching ways in that regard. I use my camera. I think video feedback's really important because feel and real are two different things, as you'll know, right? Um, you don't really get that with launch monitors, really. Maybe if you feel like you're swinging one way and the launch monitor tells you that you're swinging the other way, that maybe is a feel and real that where launch monitors can help you in a way. Yeah. Um, but I've heard stories of, of tour players. And so I'll tell you a, a, a quick story. So, and this came from Jim Hardy and he was on the range and there was a tour player. I can't remember who it was now, but he was working with his coach and he was zeroing out the track man hitting huge hooks. And he was looking really confused and he was looking at his coach and his coach was looking really confused. And Jim was just stood behind. And Jim knew exactly what was going on. And he let them hit. I think he was just, uh, <laughs> Jim isn't a track man man either, right? He is a, he is a human track man. He's incredible. Yeah. After about five minutes of watching them try to figure it out, he went over and he said to them, would you mind just aiming your track man at that tree over there? And they said, why? He said, well, that's where you're aiming yourself. That's where you are aiming, right? <laughs> so they turned it and sure enough, his path was, you know, six degrees into out, face closed, whatever. And suddenly the mystery was over. But because all of this technology is great, but user error is is number one. You know, if you're not, yeah. if your launch monitor is not lined up exactly where you're aiming, in a lot of these cases, particularly the ones from down the line, the radars from down the line, then you know it's not as reliable. Maybe you think the modern day ones with the cameras and the alignment and all that kind of stuff. You know, they've they've gotten really good, um, but. Yeah, for, for me, I'm pretty old school and I feel like I can give most golfers a lesson just working on the ball flight. And that's 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 where I learned my craft. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting how to give you a, a personal story. We have a net that we put up in our backyard when it's a warm day in the winter and we get want to get out and just swing the golf clubs. And my kids are out there. My 13 year old daughter, I was doing some stuff around the yard. I wasn't even watching her and yeah. she hit a ball and I said, that was thin. And she said, how did you know that? I said, I can hear it. I said, can yeah. you hear that? It sounds different when you flush a shot compared to when you hit it fat or catch it thin. I'm really big on that feel component. And it's probably yeah. because I was raised when there were no flight monitors and you had to know. We played in the dark sometimes as in the summer months and you're trying to get nine holes in before it gets dark and you're on the tee box and you're like, where did that go? I know it went left. It was pull I pulled it a little bit. It went left. It's learning those types of that, that feedback from the, the club and the impact that I think is really, really important. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with the technology can be great, but it's yeah. also not necessary. Absolutely. So yeah, I have a quick question for you before we go into our uh, rapid fire segment. Sure. Course man, course management, I think is the lost component of modern day golf in terms of everyone's so I got to be dialed in. What's my yardage? What's my, you know, I got to get my range finder because Lord forbid I walk it off from a sprinkler head or something like that. You know, it's, it's really yeah. become specific, but managing the golf course is I think where a lot of people, myself included can shave strokes off of their score. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question as it pertains to course management. I want you to think to yourself. So we're going to start off with the bad golfer, someone that's trying to break a hundred. 
what would be a course management tip for that golfer that just wants to get out of triple digits for the first time? Um, take one more club every time you hit the green. Okay. So there's your club up. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I think that's, I think that's probably the answer that most would give. If that's, if yeah. There's, there's, yeah. That's my okay. one. I'd be answer. <laughs> what about what about someone trying to break ninety? You can see which way we're going with this. If you're you're trying to break ninety, so now they're improving, they're trying to get down to the eighties. What would you say? Um, I would say now, make sure you play to your try and play to your personal par. Okay. okay, so not the par of the hole, not greens and regulation. That doesn't matter at that stage. Um, your personal par. Because so many golfers will, um, at that level, make mistakes trying to play to par because they see it's a par four and they've got to get on in two and two par. Whereas actually, play to your personal par. Find out what your par is on that hole and then plan your yeah. um, series of shots from the green back. Love it. That's a great tip. What about someone trying to break 80 and get into the 70s for the first time? Um, I would say within a hundred yards starts to become super important. Um, so aim for, you know, I think having a target, I would almost ask golfers to, when they go out and practice on the course to, to, to only score when they're within a hundred yards and create a game within a game. So okay. really hammer in that hundred yards and in, because that's where that's going to, you know, if you're, if you're shooting in the eighties, um, you're probably keeping it in play off the tee most of the time, but it's in the rough and um, you may be struggling to get it out, but get it within a hundred yards and get good within a hundred yards. And last one said something I've only lived in this round one time in my life and that's breaking 70. What would you say to someone that wants to go real low? I think when you are, when you're shooting in the seventies and you're trying to get below 70, you're obviously already a good player, right? So if you're trying to go from like 72 to 68, we're starting to talk fine margins. Um, and that's where it can get a little bit more individual for the golfer. So I think when you're trying to get, <clears throat> when you're trying to break par, understand your real weaknesses through your stat collecting and, and hammer away at that. Because I know guys that will, um, you know, break uh, not be able to break par because they're putting awfully or um they're just not great off the tee but they're a really strong iron player so i think when we start to get to that level stats are super important so recording your stats whether you use arcos or just basic notepad and pen right N knowing your stats and and hammering home at those stats that are the worst no one wants to practice the worst things right so right Absolutely. That's what I would okay. say to those guys. Fantastic tips. I appreciate that. Let's you never listened to this podcast because you didn't even know it existed until I reached out to you on Instagram. Sure. So we always do that. Yeah, once you yeah, when once you reached out, I had to flick through some of your um some of your posts. <laughs> there you go. So you've you we do this rapid fire segment every time I have a guest on where I just ask you some questions. If you need to take a few seconds, that's fine. If you want to rattle them off as quick as possible, if you want to explain yourself, that's totally up to you. But there are going to be some random questions, mostly about your own game of golf. So are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if you had a choice, ride or walk, what are you doing? Walk. Okay. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with the sport of baseball, but in baseball, okay. you, you have a walk-up song. So a baseball player gets to choose what song is played as he walks up to the plate at bat. If you had uh, a choice, okay. 
If you had the choice of picking up a walk-up song where you, instead of being announced on the first tee, they play this song as you approach the tee box, what song is played for you? Wow, I can't do this on a rapid fire. Um, goodness me. <laughs> what would I say? Um, Tough question. Yeah, I'm a big Jay-Z fan, so okay. I'd probably go for a Jay-Z song. Maybe Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Love it. I actually love that. That's okay. Who is your favorite professional golfer of all time? It's got to be Tiger Woods. That's okay. so cliche, but for me, and Tiger. It is what it is. Now, let's follow that up with, do you think Tiger will ever win again on tour? And if so, will it be a major? Um, <clears throat> do I think he will? No. Um, do I desperately want him to? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I want him to win every single time he tees it up. I just worry that it's got to that point now where he's battling himself and, you know, he's battling his body and that's one battle that maybe he can't win because it's, you know, he's human, but maybe he's not human. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I would absolutely love to say, yes, he will win again. Yes, he'll win the Masters. Um, but in reality, I don't think he will. Yeah. Okay. I hate to say it. That's okay. Next question. What is currently in the bag? What are, what are the clubs you're using right now? Okay. So I've got the new Cobra, um, the new Cobra Forge Tech irons. Mm. Um Voki SM9 wedges, black nickel. Um, I've got the new Scotty Cameron. I say new. It's it's a year old now. <laughs> this is how much golf I play. My putter's still new, and it's a year old. Um, new Scotty Cameron Super Select. And then my woods, I've still got the old Titleist 917 driver. Mm. That's, this is like old for a driver um yeah, it isn't broken don't fix it i guess no i love it it's, and yeah. and and uh same with the hybrid in the same model and then i've got the i've got a cobra i think it's a king tech driving iron like a three iron very cool all right what what is your favorite what's your favorite golf ball to use if you had to choose one pro v1x i haven't played a i've played the pro v1 um i used to play the Titleist professional mm -hmm. So I played the title professional, and then when that was replaced by the Pro V1, I haven't played a round of golf with another ball. Yeah, I, so, I remember the title as professional. <laughs> yeah, so it's the title as professional, then it's the Pro V1. I'm, I'm in the Pro V1X at the moment, and okay. I've never played golf with another ball. There you go. What is your biggest pet peeve on the golf course? Um, slow play. It's a common thread. I love it. Let's go to... What's your favorite team format? Favorite team format. Um, I really like, I really enjoy like pro-am format, right? So best yeah. two from four. Um, I've played a lot of pro-ams over the years and it's given me a lot of joy and I've had some great times. So I would say, yeah, pro-am format. Okay. What about golf attire? What do, what do you like about golf? Like, there are some people that hate hooded sweatshirts on the golf course. They can't mm -hmm. stand things like joggers. What's your take on that? 
uh, I'm all for it. I think we need to make golf more accessible. We need to make golf more modern and, and of of time. Um, I also like a traditional look for those that like it. I mean, it, it, I think, you know, fashion is definitely something, whether golf or not, you know, it's it's an individual thing. But in terms of golf, we need to 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 you know accept that times are moving on. I wear yeah. hoodies. Um, absolutely, yeah. Music on the golf course, yeah or no? Uh, this is interesting. I've played a lot of golf in the states, and I would say um, I much prefer playing golf in the states because of the the culture of music. Uh-huh. Um, we don't have that in the UK. Really? Yeah. You, if you were to step on a golf course now in the UK, no one would be playing any music anywhere. Not in the carts, not on the range. There's no music at all. And one of the things I loved about, I played a bit of golf in Arizona. I loved being on the practice range with, with music playing. I mean, it's just the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's changing here in the UK. In fact, my facility are just about to start installing uh, music on the range. Um, and I think it will slowly turn. But um, I'm all for it. I think golf needs that element of, um, yeah, sort of vibes, definitely more chilled vibes about it and, and not not too serious. And we should be enjoying ourselves on the golf course, shouldn't we? Absolutely. All right. What What is your what is the worst rule in golf, in your opinion? The worst rule in golf is um, not being able to move your ball out of a divot in the middle of the fairway. Yeah, I agree. That's got, how we are still playing golf now in a situation where you hit a perfectly good drive down the middle and you've got to play out a divot. Um, how that's still a rule, I'll never know. I understand play the ball as it lies, and that's part of the game, absolutely. Um, but it's just it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, last question. What is your favorite golf movie ever? Golf movie? Wow. Um, I don't really watch many golf movies. I suppose favorite golf movie. I'm going to probably have to go... Probably going to have to go Happy Gilmore. Nice. Just for the fun factor. <laughs> and I know that... My, and I know that my boy is going to, um, he's soon to be at the stage where he'll be able to watch Happy Gilmore and, and, and enjoy it. So yeah. um, I'm looking forward to introducing that to him. That's fantastic. He might have to wait a little bit for Caddyshack, but I get it. That's uh, <laughs> Gilmore's yes, a good there's, there's so many golf movies that I haven't seen. Um, or if I have seen, maybe I've seen clips of them, but um, I'm not a huge movie person, so okay. I need to uh, I need to get watching some golf movies. Yeah, man. Tin Cup and Caddyshack got to be on the list. They got to yeah. be on the list for sure. Yeah. All right, Adam, thank you very much. I want to give you an opportunity to plug uh, a website, social media tags, uh, any yeah. projects you have coming up. Go ahead and do that now for all the listeners out there. Yeah, sure. My website is adamharnickgolf.com, um, and all my social media handles are Adam at adamharnickgolf. Um at the moment, I'm working um, in person, but I also have a lot of online coaching as well through the Skillist app. So you can find me on Skillist. You can find me through my website, all my social media handles. Um, and I'm just working on an online course at the moment, which is going to be a four-week online course where we cover mental skills, practice, uh, course management, and everything to do with improving your golf that you wouldn't normally get taught in a golf lesson, right? So... I'm working on that soon and that's going to be launched in the next month or so. 
That's fantastic. I look forward to hear, seeing all about that. And Adam, thank you very much for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Until next time, take it easy. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.